1: Hello! Hello. How are things? Good, how's things with you? I'm very busy, very busy
0: indeed. Good, good. Getting together my son's costume for World Book Day.
1: Oh, God. Are you doing it? I just... I. I, I with fancy dress, I've realised... But I love fancy dress, I love going to fancy dress parties I never put an effort in a costume though I just grab something from at home and kind of fashion it I'm rubbish at making an effort And when it's for someone else, I'm even more worse at making an effort
0: I dislike fancy dress mm. And I dislike making an effort
1: So you're the double whammy Yeah, so mm. I'm throwing
0: money at the problem
1: Right and?
0: Well, it's going okay So, Jean is going as Doctor Who Oh, brilliant But bearing in mind what he looks like, which is a mop of curly hair, Mm. he's decided to go as Jodie Whittaker as Doctor Who. The Tom Baker. (laughs) Of
1: course, Tom (laughs) Baker. He can't be persuaded that he make the perfect Tom Baker. No. Now, I do see
0: from his perspective it's a bit strange going to school as somebody who's not been on television since 1981.
1: I suppose it being like you going dressed as... As William
0: Hartnell. (laughs) Exactly.
1: I suppose it would be a bit eccentric, yeah. Okay, fair point to him. So...
0: um, so I've been busy getting his his costume together for that. And I initially put up a fight because my rule for World Book Day, Fancy Dress, was I want it to be somebody who was in a book first <laughs> and then a TV show or film, not a, a screen thing that there just happened to be some spin-off books of.
1: I do think there's some snobbery surrounding this.
0: Well, then I realised... I don't care. <laughs> I like that he's got. I like that he's interested in his Doctor Who books. What I care about is what the other parents think.
1: Yeah, because there is this story yes, like. Well, yeah. that wasn't a book first. Sp- yeah. Spider Man, the book. You mm-hmm. say, yeah. It like, was a comic.
0: <laughs> so, so what's Rudy going
1: as then? Um, well, he's a bit undecided, uh, undecided, indecided. indecisive, indecisive. It, it's between three things: Spider Man, <laughs> Spider Man, Iron Man combo. Yep. Uh, I'm. S- you look puzzled. I, well, I
0: know about Spider Man, but I, I know superhero films are all all the rage. But Iron Man, I've never seen.
1: No, he's he irons right.
0: He's super. He's very good at ironing.
1: He's going as Spider Man. Iron Man. It's a it's a combo. It's a it's one superhero. Oh, is it what? not? Is this not a thing then? S- s- so Spider-Man. I bought. I bought... <laughs> I bought him a Spider-Man, Iron Man suit, which is a combination of the Iron Man suit and the Spider-Man suit. Hang on, you
0: didn't buy something very cheap from, from China off of Amazon. Yes. And, and it's yes. not a real superhero. It's a knockoff.
1: Oh, well, this is embarrassing because I, cause I don't know anything about superheroes. I don't know anything about Marvel. I don't think any any of these films ever.
0: Marvel's nice if, uh, if you've not got fresh milk.
1: I don't get that. I remember, wasn't the Marvel powdered milk? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> go back further than William Hartnell. <laughs> Sorry, younger listeners. <laughs> um, I need to
0: check now. It might have been some kind of cocoa. I can't even remember. I Need to check what oh, Marvel was. No, maybe
1: it Marvel brings drink. A base Is it like bell. a Horlicksy
0: sort of thing? Is Marvel a drink? Oh now you've got loads of uh,
1: superhero Marvel themed drinks. Marvel Milk? Sorry, what was so 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 anyway, I'm I assumed because you could buy it that it existed and every time he went through a phase of wearing it, in fact, all over half term, he wore it every single day. And everyone would go, Hey, Spider Man, like strangers, and you go, Spider Man, Iron Man. And I'd be like, Yeah, Spider Man, Iron Man, like, don't you know? But and they were okay, and now I know why they didn't know it's not the catchiest
0: of names, is it? Spider Man, Iron Man. (laughs)
1: thought it was a I just thought it was a hybrid I don't know I feel like an absolute absolutely maybe, maybe you're right anyway that was his how many legs does it have <laughs> that's his first choice but I've told him you're not allowed to wear all in ones <laughs> To try and talk toilet him out of reasons, it. toilet exactly, but there is a a uh, little zip at the front for, nice. the, for the gentleman. Anyway, as that, and then he's got a cowboy outfit at home anyway that he got for Christmas one year. So I'm trying to persuade him to go as that, and then the third choice, and this is actually a book, is Super Potato, which he did last year. Is preschool? Oh, Super Potato's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. I think we're going to go Super Potato. But would that not involve you having to make a potato? Don't be so ridiculous. He's wearing normal clothes and then he's got a red cape a black mask and i've made a belt that i made last year it says it's got an s on it (laughs) okay yeah what would you go as well book day like a literary character no one's ever asked me that before and why not good question thank you you, have you thought about who you'd go as yeah probably um
0: you know something from one of the classics so maybe like jesus christ from the bible it's a book yeah (laughs) okay the good book, they say.
1: Yeah, they do call it that, the good book. Or oh, no? God from the Old Testament. No, 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 that's rubbish. <laughs> that's also a book. Oh, no, but you can't go as God. Why? I'm sure it's not even legal, is it? <laughs> what law would I be breaking? I don't know. I I, I spoke without thinking. <laughs> <laughs> like most of the things I say. I'm too distracted by what who I'd go as. What literary character would I like to be? Hmm. I really am going to have to think about long and hard on this. Because you're a big reader. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the problem. There's I thought I was pitching you a home run Oh, here, I know. I I'd go yeah. as 100%, Miss Marple. Of course. 100%, yeah.
0: Of course. Um, good. Well, I'm glad that we got that sorted. Mm. Now, I've been away overnight, last night into today. Oh, very nice. Well, I stayed at a hotel. Oh, yeah. But the reason I stayed at a hotel is I had a lot of work to do mm. and I thought, if I make myself go somewhere with no distractions mm. in the countryside, I'll get more work done, which, as it turned out, was a smart decision. Okay, So I just checked in for one night, checked in um, mid-afternoon yesterday and then spent the day there today, Tip up, tip, 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 tip dip, typewriter, tip, 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 away on my um, laptop. Mm-hmm. As I was packing, I thought, well, I don't need much here. Do I, I need clean undies, socks? And then what I want is a different sweater to to put on tomorrow. If I was just at home, maybe I'd put the same jumper on twice, depending on how much I draw, dribbled, spilled down it. But I don't want them to think I'm the same sort of person who just has one jumper
1: yeah, there's some weird judgment, yes, that you're seeing other people have that you're wearing the same clothes, but really no one cares. Well,
0: this is how it played out. Right. So yesterday, I was wearing a yellow mustard yellow sweatshirt. Mm. As I went to pack my bag, I found a mustard yellow woolly jumper. I packed it, and then I got myself into a tizzy, thinking, <laughs> what if they weren't paying that close attention? To what I was wearing yesterday, <laughs> but they clocked that it was mustard yellow, so I took it back back out again and, and brought a green <laughs> like, jumper instead. Yeah, yeah.
1: Don't you think all jumpers should be reversible? Because it's really not that hard. Yes, it? I have. I do actually have a reversible jumper, and it's perfect for these occasions. Love reversible oh, that's clothes. Wonderful. Why
0: can't everything be reversible? I can't see any including reason, including underpants. <laughs> um. It was this this working workspace area, so there were lots of people on uh, tapping away on laptops. And I went and got a coffee, and it came in a takeaway coffee cup. And the number of times I pretended to sip out of it before it was cold enough for me to drink from. Because you
1: didn't want to like you couldn't cope with it.
0: Yeah. So I'd get it as far as my lips and then think, oh, that's too hot. I can't cope with that yet. But then I'd have to go through the pantomime of pretending to drink. Right. Because I didn't want people to think, what's he doing? Just like bringing that to his lips and then taking (laughs) it away again. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Like, who's even watching?
1: Um, I'm too distracted by the fact you're in the same jumper. (laughs) I I wouldn't have worried about that.
0: Um, and then the other thing I was going to tell you about is we borrowed that dog again. Oh, did you? At the weekend. Mm. Bugsy, the Puggle. What is your feeling about this? Like, I wasn't going to talk about this again, but I am curious as to what I should do. Mm. When a dog starts humping your leg, mm. what should you do?
1: Not look like you're enjoying it.
0: Well, I, d- I definitely don't do that. Right. And I definitely don't make any groans or moans. No, no, yeah, no, That would be a big yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Because my instinct
0: is just to stop it immediately. Yes. But then I'm thinking, oh, what harm is it doing if it wants to do that to get it through the day? <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel violated. Okay. Right? Okay. okay. I it, don't know. It's a weird conversation, it, Yes, isn't it? I'm
1: really struggling with so this. I so
0: always, I always move it away and say, Bugsy, no. Hmm. But then I've started to question... Why don't I just let it do whatever? Like I don't know what yes. she wants to do. I don't know.
1: If you're encouraging it by, like, putting peanut no, no. butter on your knee or no, something, no, that, no, that no. would be no, a absolutely real. Uh-uh. Not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think why am I denying this dog this small pleasure? <laughs> oh, <I> see <laughs> Otherwise, what you mean. I'm I
1: know. I do. I see what you mean, but but at the same time, no, no, no. But I'm, prov- I'm providing a service. No, no, no. Why,
0: though? Because you're, you're, it feels weird and that's why I stop it, but why does it feel weird?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know I don't either. know, but it's wrong. The, the dog shouldn't be doing But the this. dog is
0: It's less hung up. It's more of a free love hippie than we are. We're repressed. <laughs> okay, We're the squares here. You, you
1: have to bear in mind, though, that when the dog's with you, you're in charge and if if you're not saying no bugsy you're saying all right then bugsy which is what it seems to be what you're doing is you're encouraging it to do it to other people and it's really a bit antisocial oh
0: i see. it got a bit weird when you started talking about the whole being in charge stuff and i thought are we getting a little glimpse into how annabelle views these activities (laughs) i stopped my stop myself from saying master (laughs) i want
1: you to know that
0: um, so anyway, I wasn't going to mention that that aspect of it What I was going to say is So we'll be taking f- for a walk And occasionally somebody will say something like Oh, I love your dog Or your dog's so cute mm. And straight away I have to blurt out It's not my dog Right, right why do I have to?
1: Well, I think it's good to do that because if there are any other follow-up questions, you look like you're immediately exposed. You don't know exactly how old they are, et cetera, or exactly mm, what breed they are. Mm. And then you look like you're pretending, you've been pretending to get all the glory. Yes. yeah.
0: That's why I don't want to look like a con man.
1: Yes, yes. It's
0: pretending somebody else's dog is mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why can't... I, I I wonder if I make it weirder for them by going, it's not
1: my dog! <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> no, I think it's normal to go, it's not mine. It's okay. not mine. yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, Annabelle, let us hear from the Drifters.
1: First one's from Carl. My 17-year-old daughter is a budding historian and is studying her A-levels. She is an avid fan of the TV historian and chief curator at Historical Royal Palaces, Lucy Worsley. Worsley, I think, isn't it? What did I say?
0: Worsley. Worsley. I think it's Worsley, like the place in North Manchester. I like her a lot.
1: It is Worsley. Did I say Worsley? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is Worsley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Lucy Worsley. I say it right that time. It's going to so. be one of those things I can't say. Yeah. And it comes up. Let me see how many times You're going to be fine. Up. You're going build it up in your okay. head. Okay. Whew. Last year, I was made aware of the fact she was touring the UK promoting her latest book. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to take my daughter to see her idol. I found a location on the tour fairly close by. And I booked some rather good seats well in advance, a few rows back from the centre stage. As the weeks rolled by, my daughter became ever more excited and enthused at the prospect of seeing her inspiration, whereas I couldn't really care less, as I find history somewhat boring. And the subject of Lucy's book tour All was...
0: All
1: of it. <laughs> somewhat boring. And the subject of Lucy's book tour was Agatha Christine. I really have no opinion on that subject, but I do remember watching Mrs Marple... Mrs Marple. I do remember watching Mrs Marple as a kid and finding it hard work. I can't relate to Carl right now. No, he's not going going to enjoy your your World Book Day uh, costume, is he? No, he's going to hate it. The big day finally arrives. My daughter and I make our way into the theatre. The event was sold out with around 300 avid Lucy fans filling the room. Lucy walks on stage. And putting my historical related prejudices aside, I found myself starstruck with my daughter even more so. During the early part of the presentation, Lucy informed everyone that after the interval, she would be undertaking a Q&A session with the audience on any subject, not just Agatha Christine. I looked at my daughter and I knew we had to come up with a question, an intelligent question. The interval came and after the bum fight at the bar, I stood with my daughter talking about a question we could ask Lucy Both of us being introverts, neither of us wanted to raise a hand and ask a question that could leave the stench of failure over us. In fact, my daughter asked me to drop the subject. However, I did have an idea of a question that I thought may not be too bad. Back into the theatre and Lucy appears on stage to commence the Q&A session. She asked if anyone had a question and the room was kind of quiet. Involuntarily, my arm raised itself and my daughter's head dropped. Being front and centre, Lucy picked me and asked if I wanted a microphone. I was already very nervous and wanted to get the question over with quickly, so I said, No, I will just bellow at you. <laughs> the audience seemed to like this, and there were a good few laughs, and Lucy seemed fine with that too. I began to feel a little more confident. Uh oh. I asked the question Who are you accountable to in your day job, and do you ever have any curator disagreements? Lucy answered straight away with who her bosses are, but the second part of the question she was really very uncomfortable with. She looked at the floor, mumbling incoherently, and for quite some time, she looked up at me then and said, No, I don't want to tell you sorry. And the room was silent for what felt like a few seconds before Lucy composed herself and moved on to someone else. I felt the few hundred pairs of eyes burning into the back of my head at the person who had just antagonised their beloved Lucy Worsley and wasted a question. Moreover, my daughter's mortified face sitting next to me. I wanted the ground to swallow me. Not only did I have the stench of failure on me, I would made Lucy feel awkward on stage. The Q&A session was brief and not everyone got to ask their question. On the way out of the theatre, people were moaning they didn't get the chance to ask their really good question to Lucy. <laughs> I vow then to never ask a question in a public setting again.
0: Wow. Mm. I mean, we all really want to know what's been going on between Lucy and the curators, don't we?
1: That's the real story, yeah. isn't it? It's something that cannot be spoken about.
0: I wonder if they think she thinks she's it because she's on telly.
1: Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm.
0: But I don't, I, get, I don't get a sense that she thinks she's it.
1: She seems lovely. Yeah, she does. Mm.
0: I'm on her side, not the curators.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, and this is from Brenda. I have two stories for about drifting in foreign languages. The first one happened about five years ago when we were on holiday in Germany with our dog. We'd run out of dog food, so we went to the supermarket to find some. Walking up and down the aisles, we couldn't find it. I spoke a little German, so I walked up to one of the employees thinking, OK, dog in German is Hund and food in German is Essen. I can do this. So I asked her, haben Sie auch Hund essen? She gave me a quizzical look and said, when I nodded, a very quick answer came and I made out the words ein, meaning one, and the word kartoffel, meaning potatoes. And indeed, there it was, aisle one, next to the potatoes. It wasn't until after I'd left the store, I realised what I'd asked her was, do you have dog eating instead of <laughs> dog food? I still cringe when I think about it. The second one happened to a friend of mine. Let's call her Amy. A little background, Amy is multilingual, her mother is Swedish, and she grew up in the Netherlands. The story happened about 20 years ago when she was about eight years old. After a long day, Amy and her mother took the train home, and her mother, not yet fluent in Dutch, asked her daughter if she was tired in Swedish. You mean you better correct my pronunciation here, Jeff. Ah du trud? this is i
0: mean it was a bit swedish chef accent wise thanks but, thanks <laughs> yeah, I think do. okay
1: ah do the trut. Yeah. her daughter who was fluent in dutch knew that trut pronounced the same way means bad word coming up everyone bitch in dutch oh every other passenger on that train looked at the blissfully ignorant mother with a look of utter disdain <laughs> and amy spent the rest of the train ride avoiding eye contact with any of the other passengers
0: I do trut. I think I, I think that you've got to look at those what look like umlauts but they're actually separate vowels oh yeah okay Um, so we now know trut means in Dutch I know I don't know why I left a gap there I'm still going to have to mark the episode as explicit now. oh no thanks Annabelle because I
1: said the B word come oh, on I, now if you're I, talking I, about I, a dog I,
0: yeah, but we weren't. I mean, we were, we're about talking about a dog earlier being very sexual and we didn't use that. I mean, it does seem strange yes! to me that we don't have to mark it as explicit talking about a dog humping my leg. Mm. But
1: And the yeah. consent involved, yeah. but yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> Sorry for using the B word.
0: Uh, send us your story of social attitude, please. It's hello. I, I, I think, actually, let's see if we can get any more on trying and failing. Uh, to to use another language yes yes and the awkwardness that mm, that has mm. provoked um it's hello at adriftpodcast.com mm. yes let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult
1: On Friday after school this week, my son mentioned that they made an announcement in assembly that one of the pupils at the school was going to be on CBeebies on Saturday morning at 9am and everyone should watch it. And my son, my five-year-old son, seemed a tiny bit impressed by this. I think a normal reaction for me at this point would be to say, oh, that's nice, let's watch it. But I didn't say that. I said, oh, yeah, you know, I've been on TV too, don't you?
0: (laughs) <laughs> did
1: you know that i'm showing off to my own son i'm picked up on the fact that he's impressed by this other kid and i'm trying to impress him too and i'm like yeah i was on throne casts you know the uh the, the game of thrones spin-off show like he knows what game of thrones yeah. is
0: L- largely digital but the uh, uh, yeah.
1: yeah yeah also uh dave Gorman's modern life is goodish did quite a few uh, of those did, yeah, yeah. yeah and then i'm scrambling and uh a kid's I was on Eggheads. Yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah, I think I, I think I did a talking head show about prison break once. Like a one-off <laughs> thing. My son is completely disinterested and unimpressed. And I'm so desperate to add more things, possibly just not for him, but more for myself to justify my 20 years of my media career. I added, I <laughs> want oh, friendly TV. That late night one. When oh, that babe station thing. Babe station, on, yeah. yeah <laughs> men with foot fetish texted into. <laughs> I'm oh, annoyed now that I didn't remember the time the local news came to our school and I was in the background in the school canteen. That might have sparked some interest. Mm. I tell you what though, it wasn't just me. Tom, he can't help himself either. He pipes up, even though he's seen the total lack of response to what I'm saying, he pipes up. He can't stop himself from having a go too. Perhaps he can impress our five-year-old. I was in an extra I was an extra on a film with Hugh Bonneville. <laughs> He was in that Paddington film, he had, desperately trying to like, find some common ground. And uh, I was once a body double of Cristiano Ronaldo in a Sky Sports promo after the actual body double didn't turn up and I was filming in a studio next door. He's getting nothing either. So we've both embarrassed ourselves trying to impress our son. It was a truly pathetic <laughs> moment in our lives. A couple more things on Tom now I've mentioned him. I think if I get it all in one episode, hopefully it's one that he doesn't listen to. <laughs> Not that he listens to any of them. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I didn't listen to any
0: of them. I mean, Sarah used to listen, I think, the first year. But... All right.
1: right. Well, oh, that was a long time yeah. ago. So
0: You know what she said? Mm, she said, I just hear enough of you. That's But
1: it's a different you. Well, I think this podcast... And it's is, me as well. Well,
0: I, I agree with that mm. bit. But I think this podcast is as close to this, right. the whiny neurotic, okay. uh, obsessing about tiny details, version of myself that she's married to.
1: But it's a more edited version. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's all more condensed. Condensed, right. Yeah, yeah stronger.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. See, I can sort of see her point vaguely. Yeah. So Tom, the football team he supports, they were playing in some cup final on Sunday night and he wanted to watch it with fellow fans, but he didn't know any that were around. So guess what he did? He went out on his own and he found some. What? I mean, how insane is this? It's so weird. And he had a great night. Like I texted him at one point point, said, oh, you're coming home soon. He's like, oh, the, the lads won't let me go. Like, he, like he, he's in a gang of lads that so wouldn't let him go. I remember
0: once when I was about 21, I was very, very, very lonely. And I went to a pub on my own. Mm. And I sat on a table close to some people who I thought, looked nice Mm. and I hoped they might I'd heard that sometimes people spark up Mm, conversations mm, mm. didn't happen like with with hindsight, just looked like a, a weird boy on his own, and that sort of thing is off-putting rather mm. than appealing. How how does he do it?
1: I, do, I mean, I think the fact that so he would have gone out in some like football scarf, and he would have seen other people in the football scarf. Did he didn't have a and, <laughs> Did he he have rattle. He didn't have a rattle. No. And I, I, to be honest, I haven't questioned him because I find it all so weird. But he just, I think he just like. Got talking to some people, and then...
0: but that's
1: that's the thing. He just got talking <laughs> I don't to some know, people. I don't know. That's
0: an unbridgeable um, <laughs> chasm. For I know, me. I know, I know. It's like when we went to Abba Voyage, and I know I mentioned this before, mm. but he was just chatting to
1: people. Yeah, he's very, he's very friendly. It's amazing. Mm, mm. Why is he with you? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's something else. I'm not keen to quiz him on. No, I don't really want any hard truths.
0: You, you know what? You definitely don't want him to do what therapy. No, no. Because I think it's with you because of some, <laughs> yeah, something that's happened and you don't want him to resolve
1: that. No, uh, uh, no, 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 no. Keep, keep that as it is. Keep that as it is. So one last thing. A few weeks ago, he said he was going to the cinema. This is on a Friday night. He said, I'm going to cinema tonight. And I said, who with? And he said, on my own. And I said, you can go to the cinema on your own any time of the week, apart from Friday night and Saturday night when you can't as you're depressed people. Am I right? You're right. Yes, you absolutely, right? Yeah, I am right. It's not allowed. No one wants
0: to see, although probably he'd be in there, he'd go to a, <laughs> go a Rocky Horror Picture Show, he'd be dressed as Frankenfurter, everyone would think he was the life and soul, he'd go on to an after party. Yeah, you're right. People would be giving him popcorn.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably. But weirdly, he listened to me and he would called a friend up. Yeah. He's never listened to me before. It was weird. He must have. Known. I think deep down he knew I was right. <laughs> when do you think I should bring up my Sony Gold Radio wall with my son? Like, <laughs> when is that going to get something from him? I might try in a few months bringing that one up.
0: I think just put it put it at eye level.
1: Right. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Until he asks about yes. <laughs> it. Good idea.
0: You should celebrate yourself every day. got something exciting to show you. Oh, okay. I'm going to hand my phone over to you. Okay. What do you see? I see you mm-hmm.
1: and an old man. <laughs> do you recognise the old man? D- Is it that bloke from Cat? No, N- not Nick Hewer. No, it's not, it's not Nick Hewer
0: from The Apprentice. Right. No, try again. It
1: just all sort of looks like a cross between Nick Hewer and Larry David.
0: Well, interesting, you should say, Larry David, would it give you a clue if I said Larry David has portrayed him on television? No, that's made things
1: yeah less, less loud yeah, yeah, should I know this? I'd be
0: surprised if you didn't but but um,
1: I'm desperate to know now, just tell me it's me and Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, I wouldn't have recognized him, <laughs> sorry. Oh, were you disappointed in me.
0: No, but but the reason I showed it you wasn't just to um, show off that i met Bernie Sanders because it's clearly unimpressive. That's as unimpressive to you <laughs> as your television curriculum vitae was yeah, to your son. Yeah. But it was so this picture of me and Bernie Sanders. How how would you characterize that expression on his face?
1: Well, there's something a bit victim elder about it. A bit like <laughs> don't really want to be here. Like I'm not going to bother smiling. I'm sort of hunched over. Like I'm almost sort of recoiling from the other man a bit. Not, not really feeling it. I would say it's either a grimace or a snarl. Mm, yeah, it, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's g- like his top lip is like curled over his teeth. Yes. Like, mm-hmm, like that. I don't even know what, what I did to enrage him so
0: much. I would interview him for the other podcast, as you can probably guess. But mm. yeah, he does not look happy to be in a photo with me. I thought we got on perfectly fine. I enjoyed our conversation. But there he's like, I've spoken to you. Do I have to stand next to you as well? He
1: didn't want to do that photo, did he? You're not going to get it blown up and put in a frame like my dad with his picture of Henry Cooper. Okay.
0: (laughs) Where is that picture?
1: Oh, it's not. As a child, it was up. Like there was no pictures of my mum and dad up or anything, (laughs) but there was a picture of him and Henry Cooper shaking hands up in a
0: frame. I interviewed him because uh, he's written a book called It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's gone to number one on Amazon. Okay. And there's something funny to me about that. That if.
1: <laughs> I see, right.
0: One, people have read the book, yeah. they'll probably regret buying it <laughs> off Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder yeah. if it's annoying to him. Yeah, yeah. That it's. Oh, your book's at number one, Bernie. Mm. Great news on uh, Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <Arrgh! Castles>!
1: uh, <laughs> well, he's selling a book. He's just been giving it away for free in libraries. Yeah, if it's if it's
0: ne- if if his next book goes to number 1 on Amazon, something's gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people haven't taken a message from it. No. Um all right, that was uh, that was that. The other thing I was going to tell you about is um I went to Iceland this week. The shop. Yes.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Of course. Yeah. It's never not fun to say <laughs> no, that though. No,
1: I know. Is it still like open Iceland. Oh, yeah, it is no. The one near you, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. You see, I worried about worried about being out of touch with the uh, with the everyday listener last week by mm. talking about having a cleaner. I think mm. you you've just showed what a gilded life you leave by no. lead, not knowing if Iceland still exists or I've, not.
1: I've never been in an Iceland. Is everything frozen? Or no. is it – not everything. No, frozen. No, but
0: most most of the stuff is. Right. It's like a big freezer department.
1: Yeah. Is it good? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Their, their vegan burgers are great,
1: actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, good to own know. Yeah, their brand ones.
0: Okay. That's what I'm always in there stocking up on the, on those for my Friday night. Oh. We sit in front of the telly and have ve- veggie burgers and chips. Anyway, McCain chips.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I tried Iceland's home brand and I, I felt like I could taste the difference. Okay. Might have been psychological. Mm-hmm. But um, and I mean, if if I could buy really overpriced oven chips mm-hmm. from like a local artisan <laughs> delicatessen mm. or Whole Foods, I would. Mm-mm. But the the ones they have got in those places don't look any better. Okay. All I'm asking is that the packaging should look better, <laughs> okay. Then I pay twice the price. Right, of course, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and feel like they're in some way healthier. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, so um, so I was in Iceland uh, the other day, and th- there was an incident. I was packing my shopping into my tote bag, and I've said before on the podcast there are a few environments in life that that make me feel more stressed than packing shopping Mm -mm. i'm bad at it i feel like the 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 sales assistant is judging me um people behind the queue behind me in the queue i'm worried their shopping is going to get mixed into mine because i'm so slow it's a horror it's a horrible feeling for me so i'm already in this heightened state of panic i lift my tote bag up Both straps snap simultaneously. No. It forced the floor. There are several bottles of glass bottles of cola in there. Oh, no. So all of a sudden, I'm in a busy supermarket and there is broken glass and liquid
1: everywhere.
0: I also had an iPad in this tote bag, which then is is ruined by the impact. What? This whole thing has happened. Like These bread rolls that are bought from a delicatessen for four times the price I would have got them for in <laughs> Iceland are ruined because they've soaked coke is um cola is uh it's not coke yeah, yeah. it's hipster cola yeah, of course yeah, yeah four times the price <laughs> yeah. um has, has soaked it's like this whole thing
1: so if you have a spillage in a supermarket mm. what do you do what do you do what is this is going to depend on whether you paid for it first or not Which just
0: so generally, just in general, I I would do the same thing. You go and
1: find someone who's on the shelves and say, "Sorry, I'm really sorry. There's a spillage."
0: Yes. Um. So, so that's what I do. I say, "I'm really sorry. I've um uh, I've um spilled some stuff, and there's some broken glass." And then what I say is, um, "Have you got something that I could clean it up with?" I knew you'd do that,
1: right? Yeah. But what do I mean? You mean, I don't want to be asking you to do it, but of course I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to pretend that I want to offer to do it. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah but I want to seem like the good guy.
1: Hold on a minute. They don't go and get you a mop, do they? they get, no, they go and get me this huge, you know, those kind of catering <sighs> sized
0: rolls of, it's not kitchen roll, it's more abs. It's, you know, it's more hardcore and industrial. Yes, than that. yes. And so there you go. What? So then I have to go on all fours. No. And it mix up all this no. broken glass. Trying to mop up all this stuff and salvage my shop. I mean, it's just this whole thing. Scooping up broken glass, using this. I cut my fingers.
1: So them. And then
0: this old lady stands over me, criticising my mopping technique. You're joking. Telling me how I could be doing it better.
1: No. That's not how
0: this should have played out. It, I should have seemed like the great guy said oh, I've had a spillage um have you got something I can clean it up with mm. and they should have got on that tannoy mm. and said there's a spillage by the checkouts can somebody maybe they'd have named them even
1: I can't believe they handed that roll over I know. to you would they hand that roll over to anyone like if they give me a line up of people who all said the same thing would they be holding that roll to all of them do you th- what, do you think they
0: took a disliking to him? I don't know. I'm just thinking, teach him a lesson? like, say
1: they were some, like, business-looking man. Are they going to give that role to him? They go, oh, don't worry, sir. We'll do it, sir.
0: <laughs> how, do, how, do, how, how do you perceive me <laughs> moving around the world? Like, what is it about me <laughs> that doesn't project business we're not, something? We're man? not
1: talking about me. We're talking about Iceland.
0: No, but you, you you clearly have this idea that I look one way and a businessman looks another. Yeah, I'm imagining. So how would you, how would you describe that difference?
1: Well, you were not wearing a dicky bow. <laughs> Do
0: you mean snooker player?
1: <laughs> snooker player, that's what I mean. <laughs> no, I'm imagining you know, someone in a Savile Row suit with a briefcase. Is that you? No, I've already said it was a tote bag. Exactly. There we go. Can if I just I have had a briefcase this I...
0: would never have happened? <laughs> <laughs> OK, Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic.
1: First is from Anon. About six months ago, an acquaintance lent me two books in one of those delightfully awkward encounters where I showed too much interest accidentally oh. in a bid not to be awkward. Now these books are not my cup of tea. I soldier through half of one and try to start the other one, but it just isn't going to happen. How do I return them to her unread without it being terrible? Do I lie and say I read them or do I admit they're not my thing and thus insult her choice of books? She's probably questioning why I've had them for six months. Is there another way? She made a super big point about hating people who don't return books, so letting her forget about them isn't an option. Help. Okay. This is an excellent quandary.
0: It is. So I think so much time has passed that it's perfect. You can pretend that you read them and enjoyed them, but also that it was so long ago that you you can't get into detail about it. And you can just read like go on Goodreads or um, Amazon uh, or something, read a synopsis.
1: So you're going with the
0: lying. Yeah, go with the lying, mm. but say, thank you so much for these books. I read them straight away, one after the other. And then they've just been sitting. So, I'm so I've sorry. They've been, mm. been sitting, meaning to give them back to you for months. I'm really, really sorry.
1: And if they're a decent person, they are not going to question you about them. No, so what do you think? Loved it. Anything further like, if you're a bad person, you'll be asking further questions, and then and then you're a bad person, so you deserve.
0: To... No, no. If further questions, you go. I'll be absolutely honest with you. I really enjoyed them at the time, but I've read about 15 books since then, so I, I genuinely can't remember specifics. But um, how I do thought, you
1: do this without blushing? I don't think I blush. Oh, you never blush. Oh, lucky you.
0: Yeah. Mm. I, f- I feel very embarrassed most of the time, Mm-mm. but I don't think I blush.
1: See, I think I might give a, t- a t- I think I'm quite good at lying, but then I have a telltale blush. Uh, so that might be a problem mm. for me if it were me. Is there any way in the world you can give them back and say, I feel so bad I've had these for so long and, I, and I've got as big pile of books while I read by bed and I haven't got round no, to them. No, so it's no, t- I, I just know it's time to no, get them back now. No. I think I'm never going to read them. I don't know. No, okay. no,
0: that's t- a terrible insult. <laughs> <laughs> Drop them round mm-hmm. when they're not in with a, a note saying, thanks for, you know, thanks. Yeah. Really enjoyed them.
1: That might be a good way of getting out of any yeah. conversation.
0: Yeah. I think that, we, that we've amply okay. dealt with that one.
1: Okay, good. Right, let's go on to the next one then.
0: How would you feel if somebody gave back two books without having read them?
1: In, like furious, mm. insulted, mm. upset, but I would never question someone. No. No, because just in case they were a bad person and didn't like my recommendations. Mm. Mm.
0: I've get, d- this is why I've stopped recommending things. I feel too hurt.
1: Yeah. It's hard not to take it personally. Yes. My sister said recently that she didn't like some of the books I'd recommended. And I felt like I can't be your sister anymore. <laughs> like, honestly, just like, who are you and how we related? Those books are some of the best books I've ever read. she think, what went wrong with you? She later admitted that she went back to one of them and, and did actually enjoy it. I think, I think I put a lot of pressure on her to like that book. <laughs> What was the one? What was that one? I can't remember what oh. book it was. I can't remember, but it was excellent. Mm. Mm. I've just read quite a good book actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: uh, it was called. I think it was called Strong Female Character by a comedian, a Scottish comedian called Fern Brady. Oh yeah. Um, about uh, being autistic, mm. being an autistic person. It's. Uh, Do you recommend that? Would you? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think it's. Um, you know, it's her experience. It's she's not claiming to speak for anyone else, but I think it's uh, it's funny, very readable, lots of great stories, and um, I, I think there's an overlap with some of this stuff um, with drifters. I'm not saying that mm. um, drifters are all autistic people, but statistically, uh, probably a good chunk of us are. But I'm saying that that you know, even if you're not, there's a, a lot. To learn about that experience and also traits that you will empathize with as a non-autistic person as well. Okay. So right. Anything you want to recommend while we're books? Nope. Okay. We should say we do send out our mm. recommendations newsletter on Patreon to our Patreon supporters every month,
1: Patreon.com struck adrift. I was saving my recommendations for that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, this one's from Rachel. She's a listener from the Pete and Jeff days. Aww. She says, I am now a 30-year-old adult who has grown up into a proud drifter. This is where I unfortunately have come across a dilemma, and I'm turning to you for some much-needed advice. I've recently started a new job a couple of months ago where I don't know anyone, and the team I work in consists of about 15 to 20 people who are very sociable. I, on the other hand, feel very awkward around meeting new people and I'm completely out of my comfort zone going to team activities as it is. One of the social activities my team in particular like is to eat lunch together. The issue I have is that the team are very casual about what times they go for lunch. For example, last week, some of them left at 11.45am to get to the lunch place and I was on a call with someone from another department until 1215 So it was expected anyone with overrunning meetings can just pop over when they're finished and meet them there even just writing this out makes me shudder. On this occasion, I got very nervous, so made some excuse about needing to pop to the post office over lunch and run some errands. The latest lunch social involves booking a meeting room out for two hours over lunch and ordering delivery to the office. You're then free to drop in at any time and grab some food. A lovely idea, but for drifters like myself, it's my worst nightmare. What do I do in this situation? Part of me wants to step out of my comfort zone because everyone is really friendly. I'm not adverse to wanting to network and make friends, but the drifter in me is crying out, no! I also worry that because they're such a regular current, I can't keep making excuses. There's only so many times I can make fake trips to a post office over lunch.
0: I th- the the older I get and the more I think about this stuff,
1: mm. I
0: think this... Uh, sociable work thing is a real problem okay I think it can be great for people mm. and you can form meaningful relationships at work but I think any element of pressure to do it or that you know any anything where it's expected of you is, is not on
1: and a social occasion where you have to eat at the same time I think is particularly difficult because it's hard I mean it is is a distraction in some ways but it's hard to talk and eat and
0: oh give me eating I I want to eat I don't I don't want to attend a social occasion where I'm not either eating or singing karaoke
1: (laughs) Oh, I suppose it is the kind of the looking down yeah I suppose it is I think it's difficult I don't know what, you don't want to be sort of seen as a person who's shunning everyone else. If everyone's super sociable and doing it, I sort of feel you have to.
0: No, but if you, if what you need to function Mm. is to recharge your batteries with a bit of alone time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, And that's how you get through. It's asking, it's, I think that's asking too much of you because not everybody's that type of person.
1: Do you think we're moving into a world slowly where it's okay to say, because people understand introvert and extrovert a lot more, say, I'm an introvert and need to recharge my batteries at lunchtime? I think it really
0: depends on your environment. Mm. I think it might feel normal, you know, to us having... Once worked in a media company in Soho in London to think that people are just going to be understanding of that kind of thing, okay. but I'm not quite sure. And I, th- I think the awareness is much greater of introversion and just w- what it asks of of people in these other ways. But um, I, d- I don't quite think that's universal okay. yet. Okay, so let's. Uh... I think think if you work in a certain type of white collar job or a certain kind of environment which is a bit touchy-feely definitely but but otherwise i'm not i'm not
1: sure okay let's put that idea on hold until i, I could be wrong
0: i could be wrong and it's hard you to could say. be there on the oil rig possibly and you're saying to the lads look i'm not um i'm not going to come and join in the uh the card game because I need a bit of me time. I don't know. Maybe there are and, ways around they, this, and they're very understanding of it. I, you know, I don't like stereotype, but I, I think this is still something that most people haven't encountered that much.
1: Could she say, "Oh, thank you so much for the offer. I just, I love reading at lunchtime. Is my one time of the day when I get to read, or something like that?"
0: Again, and I don't know if I'm, I'm bringing in sort of workplace stereotypes from twenty or thirty years ago, but I think. You know, wrongly, people are like, what's up up with their nose in a book? Mm. Bookworm.
1: It's really hard when everyone is doing it. Yeah. And you're the only one that's not. It's like heroin in that respect. (laughs) Could you do it once a week? Heroin. No, no, not heroin. Heroin and then no, absolutely not. Could you do it once a week and just maybe it would get easier each week. The more you do it, it might get easier and easier. It's, just, making, it's making me angry.
0: Yeah. It's really making me angry that it's expected of people because that's not your job. No, no. Like, you know, um, being a good colleague um, and being respectful and, and polite and, and and you know, doing the work that's given to you, that's a reasonable expectation, but it's not a reasonable expect. I remember once somebody I know going for a job at a place and in the interview, the the person who, who was, uh, you know, interviewing for the role was just, like, constantly talking about how sociable it was and what a good workplace culture it was and everybody has a laugh and, you know, it's a real, you know, we've all got a great sense of humour and we're all great people um, and that's the important thing, which is getting on, it's, it's, you know, nudging towards being David Brentish. So then when this person didn't get the job, they felt like what they were implicitly being told was, oh, you just don't seem like a fun person or our type of person. No. And that's horrible.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's,
0: that that's, has no bearing on your ability to do the job. Mm-mm. There's some jobs where that that is really important. I think probably if you're a certain type of salesperson, that ability to like connect and socialise with people – is sometimes very important, Mm -mm. but I don't think it is in every job and I don't think you should be penalised or be feeling... I'm sorry, I've gone heavy here, but Mm -mm. I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, You know, I even think about, quote-unquote, likability. So I think a lot of people, when they're going for job interviews, yes, they're being judged on how qualified they are, but they're also being judged on how likeable they are.
1: But this is someone that, that everyone's got to spend the whole most of their life with.
0: But what does that? But you you can. There's a difference between not being likable, and um, and and being a problem. But so <laughs> so if you if you are. You know, if 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 you are, say for example, a squeaky wheel, mm. um, or if you are a backstabber, <laughs> mm. or if um, you are, you know a, a manipulator, or any of those things in terms of likability, that's one thing. But I don't know that it should be that much problem if somebody just doesn't doesn't like you, because I don't think it it affects your ability to do a job. And the reason I've been thinking about this, sorry, sorry to get heavy mm-hmm. here, is. I've been doing a lot of research for a project on autistic people and there's, there are studies, there's data to, to say that holistic or neurotypical people um, take a disliking quite often to people. The, the data shows that they, they take a disliking to autistic people. Just an instant disliking. Oh, really? Like they perceive them as weird or different. Okay. And and then I start thinking about what that means in the workplace, and it's possible that likable and not the same as me are being uh, are being confused.
1: Okay. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a good so. Point, I've been yeah. thinking
0: about th- thinking about this a lot, mm. um, and I, I don't think it should should matter in certain roles or in a lot of roles even
1: you need to go and do some workshops with some hr people well well i i finally that's, that's say actually that the project i've been working <laughs> on oh, have we helped i don't know
0: I do, like, because i think there's there's still this basic problem that you feel pressure to socialize
1: but rachel remember they impl- so going back to what you're saying they employed you they like you. They want to spend lunchtime with you. They believe in you, and they all or at the same time. Then they might have picked up the fact that you're not into it, and therefore don't really care if you don't join them. Yeah, that doesn't help. I hope so. <laughs> I
0: hope. I hope that's the case. Yeah. I hope that Rachel's not in a position where she feels that it could be career limiting or affect mm. progression within that company mm-hmm. if she doesn't go along and um, sort of yeah. smile and play yeah. happy hour. She in doesn't a mention way. that, so
1: yeah. I hope not.
0: Sorry, I've really got mm. ranty there, didn't I? Well, it was interesting. It's because it's, it's, it's all I've been thinking about. Well, it's, it's a lot of what I've been thinking about today and yeah, it's just okay. on my mind. Mm. But, um, yeah. Uh, did, did Rachel say she's a drinker? Oh,
1: what about lots of chronic Heroin. food allergies? <laughs> That's not bad. Can't be in the same room as someone eating a peanut, piece of cheese, et cetera, uh, yeah, et cetera. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, I right. mean, it's a strange thing to bring up <laughs> at this point. But, yeah, let's go with it. That'll that. do for now, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And that was our podcast thank you for listening if you have a quandary you want to share with us um email us the email address is hello at dot i'm worried that people will be scared of sending me off on um a vague neurodiversity rant but <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that everybody you know you've just been thinking about one thing constantly, mm. but you've not had time to speak to anybody out about uh, okay, it. Okay,
1: yes, yes. And then yes, yes.
0: all of a sudden mm. the door was opened by a crack and it all came <laughs> spilling out. Um, and send us your stories, please, too, of social ineptitude. Um, I really enjoyed the ones of uh, trying and failing to, uh, to um, be a multilingual drifter. Mm, mm. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the back of music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And um, I'll just bellow at you... Okay, podication time. And this comes from Rebecca, who said, Admiral Rebecca. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, strip you of your title Mm. there. Uh, Admiral Rebecca. Hi, Jeff and Annabelle.
1: Hi. Hi. Hi.
0: Long-term listener, back to the mid-2000s and the Pete and Jeff show. Oh. Have a little think about Pete there for a Mm. second. Um. But I think the only time I've contacted you was during the late, great mug chat period.
1: Oh, the the late, great, oh, yes.
0: Very divisive. In
1: some people's eyes.
0: I mean, certainly ours. Mm. The podication is for my husband, Mark. We are currently in Austin, Texas, where he is in a rehabilitation hospital after a motorbike accident. So she says motorcycle. I don't know why I changed it to motorbike. Mm -hmm. Motorcycle accident three weeks ago that left him with a head injury, one broken kneecap, two broken arms, a broken collarbone, a broken rib, some neck fractures, and, late addition to the roll call a few days ago when we suddenly noticed bent fingers, two small fractures in his fingers. Oh, my God, that sounds horrendous. I'm so sorry. I'm so proud of how he's worked at his recovery, how he's kept positive, and the concern he's shown for me and others when he could have been forgiven for focusing on his own woes. I was in London when it happened and didn't know what state I'd find him in. So I've never been so pleased to be recognized by somebody and for them to be able to tell me who the prime minister is. Not always easy these days. <laughs> God what a th- what a thing like travelling mm. to him with that worry as yeah, well. That's a long way to that, go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, but but with that on your mind, yeah, you know, yeah. what what will I see recognition yeah. in his face? What a thing for the both of, both of you to have gone through. Um Let's see. Um, But it's joy to get to see him physically and mentally better each day. And I'm so delighted that his personality hasn't changed from his accident because I love him so much just as he is. I'm definitely a drifter, and there are plenty of opportunities to embarrass myself with the numerous hospital staff and others that I'm talking to these days. Mark has his drifter moments, but is extremely competent at things like making phone calls and sorting out people who are fobbing him off, which I find extremely hard. Yes, me too. Um, I think you you you, uh, you you sort out the same thing in a partner as I did.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. So we complement each other perfectly, and I'm so lucky to have him and confident that we will come back better than ever before. I'd really appreciate this publication as soon as possible, but I know the bulldog clip may be full. No,
1: Quite au no,
0: contraire. Very much so, yeah. Uh, listening to you as I walk to and from the hospital has been one of the things keeping me going. Thank you. Um, that's a lovely thing to hear, and um, I'm glad that we, you know, even with this old nonsense, are able to provide that for you. So... Thanks for sticking with us all these years, yeah. Rebecca. And, I, and I'm really sorry that um, you know this is this is uh, obviously a, a difficult time in both your lives. But it sounds like you are both very well equipped to get each other through this. So we wish you all the best with that, mm. Admiral Rebecca. Admiral, we salute you. We do. And Mark as well. Mm. What is he, the cabin boy? What is he? (laughs) Um, Admiral's mate? Is that a thing? Probably not. It should be. Um, If you'd like a podication, email us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?